God uses that and he brings us to the end of ourselves so that we don't have anything to boast in. And we don't, we can't say I'm a good Christian or I'm a good person. It's like, I am, heard my language, but I'm a crappy person. (laughs) Like, without God, I'm just a crappy person. Welcome to God's Love Language, a podcast designed for Christian discipleship with emphasis on developing our relationship and fellowship with God. Now, here is our host, Joe Enlow. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. You're too kind. Welcome back to God's Love Language with Joe Enlow. We have a special treat for you today. We're going to be having an interview with our good friend, Anna Michael who's coming to us all the way from Virginia. Anna is a fellow student with me at Grace School of Theology, and she is also a creative writer and also writes a lot of poems. And in fact, has a book coming out in January that we hope to be able to feature on this program too at a later date. Anna and I met in our discipleship group that we have through the university. We were both joined on the same night and were able to meet each other at that time. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our interview with Anna Michael, and then we'll talk a little bit more at the end of the interview. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you, Anna, for joining us today. And as you know, we just finished up a series on renewing your mind and how to stay focused on God, how to how to change our ways and, and change some of the old sinful ways into, into some of the godly ways. So I'm glad you could be with us to share some of the stories that maybe help you, to, some of the things and, and the tactics and the strategies that you have to help keep you focused on the Lord. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Joe. Um, my name's Anna Michael, and um, like I said, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, living in Virginia now. Uh, I'm a writer. I, I work actually for an attorney um, who does estate planning and elder care, and then I'm a creative writer by night. I'm 28 years old, been living in Virginia for almost, it'll be two years on Thursday, and just living life. Um, and you are a single lady, correct? I am, yep. Single, no kids. Okay. Yeah, yep. that, that's important to know because some people, when you start telling the strategies, they may want to know, well, that's easy yeah. if you have a husband or something, but... Right, yeah. right. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, uh, a creative writer by night, what does that mean? Um, I, I've i been writing for several years pretty seriously. I always loved to write growing up, but I've gotten more and more serious about my creative writing as like a spiritual discipline. Um, it's, it's something that helps me connect to God, but also just express my thoughts about him, um, my thoughts about life in this world. So I'm actually working on a book of poetry right now um, that I'm hoping to publish early 2021. So that's that's exciting. Oh, well, that is exciting. So you're yeah. you're a poet. Did you always know it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I did start doing poetry pretty young. Yeah, uh, I've always really enjoyed reading it too. So. Well, that's good. It's been, uh, how long have you been a Christian? I have been a Christian since I was four, so about 24 years. 
Wow, that's a lot. That's a long time. Some people would say, yeah. "Well, how do you know you're a Christian when you're four years old? How did you know?" How <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, so I don't actually remember the moment of my salvation. I and I was honestly kind of hung up on that for several years. Had some assurance doubts because I couldn't remember that moment when I became a Christian. But when I was in high school, I just always remembered believing in Jesus. I was raised in a Christian home. Um, I was always very spiritually sensitive, I guess. So I never remembered Christ and the Bible not being a part of my life. But I worried, like I said, I worried because I couldn't remember my exact moment of conversion. But when I was in high school, my pastor at the time preached a sermon, and he was talking about some famous lady. I don't remember who it was. But he said she couldn't remember her moment of conversion either. And she would always say to people when they asked her about it, I don't know when the sun came up, but it sure is shining now. <laughs> and that kind of just put my doubts to rest. I was like, I don't remember like the exact moment, but I know I believe in Christ now. So it doesn't really matter. And then I just moved on with my life. So, Oh, that's good. That you, know, that. you know when you know her inside, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, amen. Amen to that. Well, you had mentioned your um, your poetry. Mm-hmm. How long will it be before we get to see some results of that book? Yeah. So I'm actually working with a friend of mine who is, uh, she's an artist, and she's doing some illustrations for each of my poems. And we're almost finished with our manuscript. And then we'll have some people who will be proofing it and critiquing it, and then we're hoping to publish it. I'm hoping for January. So awesome! Yeah, that's not too far. We'll have to have not you back far. on when you when you yeah. publish it and talk about that sure. a little bit. Do you do sure. you find that writing poetry helped you stay focused on God? Yeah, for sure. I I don't know. It's just something about the way that my brain works. It's a very good um, outlet for me to what God is connecting in my mind. Not just what I'm feeling, but what I'm thinking and and pondering just kind of comes together when I can write poetry about it. So it's a good outlet for my heart and my brain, I think. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. did you have, an, you said you were you felt like you were saved at a young age, and then mm-hmm. you really kind of assured about that as you get into high school, but did you have yeah. like a normal upbringing with the mother and father and and so I did, forth? yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were Christians? Dad, they were believers, yep, and I went to a little tiny private Christian school at the, in the same building where I went to church, and so I had a kind of a small world, but um, yeah, two older brothers, but normal family in the sense that it was a normal family unit and also a normal family in that we were just as broken as the rest of the world, even though we were believers. And so we had all the normal family goodness and the normal family brokenness, for sure. Do you think it helped be going to a small private school versus what we, you know, what you hear about public schools and some of the struggles that teenagers go through and Hmm. Yeah. I think that everybody's story is their own. And 
I think in some ways it did help me. I think in other ways it kind of was a roadblock for me. Um, I, like I said, I took my spirituality and my religion very seriously, and I was raised kind of in this greenhouse of small Christian school, small church. My family, my family were all believers, and so everything that I did had a Christian influence to it. Which in some ways was great. I, I like knew the Bible inside and out at a very young age. I understood Christian principles. But I think for me it was I missed kinda of, I was raised in Christianity but missed the heart of Christianity for a long time. Very good at doing religious things and I was very concerned about being a good person, but I really missed the point for a long time. And I think that's easy to do when you grow up in church and when you grow up in a little private Christian school, yeah, you're just so inundated and surrounded by it that you kind of miss it, you know? I understand uh, that yeah. you were, were you allowed to date like other girls your age and so forth? Um, yeah, I was, I didn't date in high school, um, but I would have been allowed. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So it was, I mean, we, you know, my parents had standards, and the church and school that I went to were both Baptist, but it wasn't, um, I do think I dealt with a, my fair share of legalism, but it was not, like, crazy strict, you know. Right. So, I don't know if you remember in my teachings on renewing your mind, but I had said that it appeared that those who had been Christians all of their life, or most of their life as far as they can remember, seemed to have avoided a lot or had an easier time as far as the renewing of your mind process. You would mm-hmm. have had maybe not less focus on renewing your mind because your mind was always kind of focused on it. It's just a matter of taking it deeper and learning yeah. a little more intimacy about God. Yeah, yep, I uh, agree. Uh, you had mentioned your grandmother. You had, we had talked before, and you'd mentioned you were really close to your grandmother. Tell us about mm-hmm. your grandmother. Yeah, so my grandma is one of my best friends, and she had a, has had a big impact on my life. Do you want me to share the story that I shared in our our small group? That's what I was getting to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a great story. I loved it. Yeah. So... Um, for anyone listening, I guess the, the backdrop of the story is we were discussing, um, I think it was the verse that talks about God's kindness leading us to repentance, right, Joe? Okay. I believe that was it. I think so. So I was telling them that I love, I, I was telling Joe that I love this verse um, because what people don't need is to be beat up more. They need the kindness of God to welcome them. We all need that. And I, I told you that there was, when I was really little, like maybe five or six, seven at the most, um, I was hanging out at my grandma's house, which was an almost daily occurrence. And she is a big gardener, so she had a garden full of beautiful flowers. And I picked a couple, and I took them into her, and she said, okay, now don't pick any more because I planted them because I want them to grow there, so stop picking them, you know. Um, And so I went out, I was playing in the yard, and I just could not 
get my mind off those flowers for whatever reason. I just wanted to pick them so badly. And I didn't know that I was dealing with my own sin nature at the time, but I just had this like drive to pick these flowers that I knew I shouldn't pick. And so I eventually I just like couldn't stand it anymore and I picked them. And as soon as I picked them, I just regretted it. I was like so upset that I was going to have to tell my grandma that I picked these flowers that she specifically told me to stop messing with. So I went inside and I said, Grandma, I picked these. And she said, why did you pick those? I told you not to pick those. And I just burst into tears. And I was, I said, I don't know. I don't know why I picked them. And was just expecting her to be so angry with me. And she took me upstairs and I, it was nap time. I was hot. It was a hot summer day. She helped me take my clothes off, put me in bed, and, and wrapped me up in a sheet and just held me and rubbed my back until I fell asleep. And I remember thinking that she was just the best grandma in the world and I wanted to please her always. But just the whole principle of she could have, she had a right really to greet me with anger and um, to punish me because I directly disobeyed her. Um, but she just knew that I needed to be loved in that moment and forgiven. And and we were just talking about what a difference that makes. And that's a really small example, but that's exactly what the Lord does for us. So, Amen. He does. Yeah. That, that, I think you painted a better picture than you did that first night, but that was, that was awesome. And, and God does do that. He does. We expect him to yell at us and get mad at us for our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And he, and he turns around and, and does something completely opposite and it's, yeah. and it helps. Uh, I, I wish I could have done more of that with my kids. I know I made several mistakes with them growing up. Could have, you have those mm-hmm. opportune times to, to make an influence on your kids. And that was, that was a great one. Your mom, your grandma hit that one out of the ballpark. That's for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. I've sure. never forgotten it. So what, so you, you don't have a whole lot of, or do you have, a lot of problems staying focused as a Christian. I know you're in that prime age, like 28 for a young woman mm-hmm. and you're, you know, going to college yeah. and, and things like that. How do you, how do you stay focused when the, the rest of the world is out there kind of saying, Oh, you know, you believe that stuff, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. things like that. What are some of the, some of the things that you do to help keep yourself focused? Yeah. Well, first of all, I would say, yes, of course I have trouble focusing because, I'm just your average human woman with a sin nature <laughs> that is contrary to God. And But interesting question. I'm trying to think the best way to answer it. I would say that God and I have been on this journey for me to come to know and love him over the years. And there's been ups and downs and rocky times. And honestly, I would attribute any faithfulness that I have is because the Lord has been faithful to me to bring me closer to him. Um, I will say, I know there are certain things that I can do to keep myself more focused, but, but at a big picture level, the Lord is continuing to convince my heart and bring me to love him more. But if you're looking for kind of like tactics day to day, um, Things that are really important for me, I think for all of us being in the word, making that a priority to renew my mind through scripture. Um, 
a big one for me is spiritual friendship and companionship. Having key relationships where we are discipling each other and where I can be safe to be broken, to talk about sin, um, to talk about what God's doing in my life and find acceptance. And and I have some of those key relationships that are just invaluable because we are walking with God at the same time and can encourage each other. Kind of the, kind um, of the iron sharpens iron thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you to give us an example of one of your uh, poems? Sure. Yeah. Can you set that up um, for us? Yeah. Let me bring it up here. This is a poem that I wrote about a year and a half ago. And, um, it's about suffering, which I think is one of the main avenues by which God brings us to know him and to be seen. Um, but it's about suffering and I'll, I'll read it for you here in a second, but I hope that it's obvious or I hope the point gets across that, um, what I'm trying to say here in this poem is just that sometimes the very thing that is breaking us or feels insurmountable or challenging, too challenging in our lives is the very thing that God is using to change us and help us to grow closer to him. So ready for me to just go ahead yes, and read ma'am. it? Go ahead. Okay. So this one is called In- Instruments, and it says, whatever it is that's taking you, pushing you, chasing you, thrusting you, yes, forcing you to cling to the heart of God, do not deny it. Do not forget to be thankful for it. Embrace it, accept it, forgive it for happening. Though it may be choking you, killing you, in the end, it will not succeed. This is not to say it does not pain you, alter you, just that it cannot win. It will, in fact, it must become a beauty. Have you not heard our God redeems everything? You may have heard this, read this, but by the end of your life, your bones will know it. And in the meantime, can you admit that though it burns you, hurts you, breaks you, the reward of his closeness is greater still? Perhaps you cannot say that yet. My friend, my loved one, I promise, I promise you will. Wow. That's That's deep. Thanks. It sounds like you're talking to people that would be listening to us. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share that. Yes, ma'am. And we're going to have to have you back share more than, and talk about your, your book when you get it done. Yeah. But so people need to know, even if you're brought up, I have talked to people that were brought up like you in, mm-hmm. in God, in, in the Bible yeah. and learning things. And they felt so crushed when they started doing things that were contrary to, to where they were raised. Mm-hmm. Some of them even felt like they couldn't go back. They felt, you know, people are so confused about what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit and so forth. But it mm-hmm. you're just, even though you were brought up the same way, you're, you're still human and you still, you still hang in oh, there, yeah. correct? It, oh, yeah. They do have something to look forward to and not to get discouraged about. Yeah. And, and I would say for people who have failed, which is all of us, um, the people who have really failed um, and, feel that shame 
Um, I just, I totally get it. I, I've had some major failures in my life. Um, and those have been the things that God has reached out to me in. I mean, um, it's like an, a, an exaggerated example of what my grandma did for me, right? I, I've had multiple times in my life where I've kind of fallen off the wagon of Christianity and really screwed up and been so ashamed and afraid and, and that God uses that and he brings us to the end of ourselves so that we don't have anything to boast in and we don't, we can't say I'm a good Christian or I'm a good person. It's like, I am, heard my language, but I'm a crappy person. (laughs) Like without God, I'm just a crappy person. And I think honestly, I, I would argue that church kids need to fail. Like they need to fail more than kids who aren't raised in church, you know, because it's like, they're so kind of indoctrinated with being a good person. And this is what it looks like to be a good Christian. And, and it is devastating when you fail, but it's, I think it's in that devastation that we really come to know God and we come to know that he isn't about a list of religious activities or a list of good human characteristics. And he's really not even about like his goal for us isn't necessarily in this life that we would never sin because we're sinners. Like it's inevitable that we're going to sin. His goal is for us to know him right? and through, and through knowing him, he brings about holiness in our lives. So Very well I say said. if you're, yeah, I say if you're a Christian who has failed miserably, Great, you're in the perfect position to receive God's mercy and to know Him even more deeply. All right. So, Amen. I appreciate yeah. that. Now, you, you kind of hit on one of the things that I I didn't highlight in my series, but when you writing writing about or to someone and about someone increases your your intimacy with that person, and it's it's why some people can fall in love just texting or, or emailing each other all the time mm-hmm. and communicating you know how they we seem to open up to strangers and so forth a lot more but people will get will start having intimate thoughts about different these people that they're communicating with and that's one way to you can keep a journal or something for god and talk mm-hmm. to god in that journal and so forth and it really makes a big difference yeah that's yeah. A, that's, that's what that's good i'm for sure I'm going to have to remember that when I, you know, you think about it, but I was trying to cover everything, but I obviously I can't think about everything, but yeah, so that's, so that's awesome. That was an awesome poem. And I really appreciate that deep stuff. You know, we're (laughs) going to school because we'd like to think a little, little deep. So I appreciate those thoughts. Is there anything else that you can think of before we close and that you would like to say for our, for our audience? I don't, I don't know if anything new, I think if I could boil my thoughts down to two things, it's that the purpose of life is to know God and that the second thing would be to embrace suffering, embrace your own brokenness and allow God to bring you closer to himself through that. Amen. Pretty much it. Anna, we appreciate you being with us today. And uh, we're gonna we'll get back with you, or have you get back with us once your your book is published? And we want to make sure all of our listeners know about that. But thank you for your time, and God bless you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks, Joe. You too. Okay, okay. I really want to thank Anna Michael for joining us today, 
She went out of her way to accommodate us, and I appreciate that. If you are on Instagram, you can go to the Willow Artwork, the Willow Artwork, and check out some of the artwork that will be done for her poem, her book of poems that's coming out hopefully in January. And I request that you guys check out the artist that's working with her. And she just want to let you know she'd appreciate that if you did. We are glad you made it with us today. And we want to go ahead and sign out and let you hear Deanna talk about us and how to get a hold of us. And then we'll go into our music therapy program. Thank you and God bless. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. If you would like more information about our podcast and subject matter, or if you would like to leave a comment, go to GodsLoveLanguage.com, or you may email Joe at jnlo at GodsLoveLanguage.com. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just pray for the, the listeners today who ask that you bless them and give them an abundance, give them, uh, bless their finances, Lord, bless their lives. We pray for those who are feeling down and depressed, Lord, that you lift up their spirits. Father, make them, may give them peace, Lord, and sanctify, fight, sanctify them completely, God, and may their whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father. Bless these people. Hallelujah. Close your eyes and think about the Lord. Renew yourself daily. Take up your cross daily. You can do this. We're in this together. God loves you. We love you. Father, heal the hurting. Hold your hands up. Praise the Lord. Give Him the glory. Father, renew the minds of all of our listeners. Watch over them. Protect them. Protect their families. Father, let them know that somebody loves them, that you love them. Bring them a friendship that they need if they need a friendship. But first, Lord, help them to get closer to you and to love you more and to serve you more to see the reward that waits for them. Thank you, Lord. Bless these people. Yes, indeed. Thank you. All the way, people. Let's do this all the way. We must run the race. Finish this race. There are things in store for you that you have no idea how beautiful and satisfying they will be. Yes. We're going all the way with God. Thank you, Lord God. You are glorious and worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. You can't feel bad if you're feeling good, folks. Praise your Lord and your God. We thank you, Father. Yes. Hallelujah. All the way, people. All the way. Thank you, mighty God. I lift my hands 
to you, Lord. You are glorious and worthy of all praise. Fulfill your word in us, Lord. Thank you, mighty God. You are worthy.